Hello everyone and welcome back to the afternoon podcast. I definitely want to thank you for tuning in and, and listen, listening to me uh, babble and blether for however long I, I, I talk for. But uh, today I got a pretty interesting topic, uh, one that's a little bit more personal than the ones that I have been releasing lately and uh, hopefully you guys like it so. Uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll tell you what the topic is. Today's topic is, uh, well, I, I guess it's not really a topic, but I'll be discussing uh, the essays that that got me into Johns Hopkins. Um, obviously, super fortunate and uh, very very excited to be attending uh, Johns Hopkins for for my graduate degree, um, and. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I'm just going to share uh, what I wrote about and uh, I guess that application process as a whole. Um, and, and maybe you guys can do something something similar. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'll start off with discussing what that that process looked like as a whole. Uh, unfortunately, during well, I guess fortunately for me, um, bittersweet uh, during COVID crisis, coronavirus, uh Johns Hopkins, the school that I was applying to, didn't require a, a GRE. That's the, uh, what is that? I think it's a graduate readiness exam. A graduate record examinations. Um, and it doesn't didn't require the GMAT, which is essentially, uh, those two are like the graduate, uh, graduate equivalent of the SAT. So, um, because I hadn't taken those, um, I figured because why well, basically it it kind of barred me from uh, applying to a lot of these schools that did require it at at least at this point. Um, that and then, um, yeah. So so I first started hearing about Johns Hopkins. Well, obviously I knew what Johns Hopkins was, but I only got interested in Johns Hopkins because I saw that they had these waivers available. Um, so. I started talking, I started my process by talking to um, an admissions counselor and, and filling out just like a base, base level survey um, and getting kind of a feel for what they wanted in their, their student body. So obviously you're not going to be a great fit for every single school out there, but uh, fortunately enough for me, uh, Johns Hopkins was looking for a candidate that was similar to my profile in the sense that... Um, well, I ideally would have looked for someone with a little bit more work experience, but wanted someone who uh, performed in the 3-4 or above range, 3.0 or above range in, in undergraduate, which is where I fell in. Um, what else? They, they wanted someone within the life sciences, biomedical and industry, uh, which is exactly where I'm working right now. Um, they were looking as well for um, someone who who was pretty eager to get their, their next degree and uh, was pretty was pretty confident that they were going to eventually go to grad school if it eventually uh, or at some point in their career um, and was really just looking to take advantage of uh, the current the current climate of, of the industry and current climate of, uh, of, of the world at, at, it, at its current point um, obviously with, with coronavirus uh, directly but uh yeah so after that and then, and then you I went through all the regular channels of getting a letter of recommendation um which thank you Dr Lombardi who was one of my professors back in undergrad um pretty highly esteemed 
obviously got his doctorate. Um, very, very involved at the, the, the business school at Stevens Institute of Technology. Um, and as he, as he puts it, he said he wrote me a humdinger. And a humdinger for all you guys that don't know is... Uh, I'll look up the definition right now because it, it's pretty funny, but it's uh, it's it was it's all positive really. Um, it's a, a remarkable or outstanding person or thing of its kind, and uh, yeah, that's a definitely a fun word to use if if you guys can work it into conversation somehow. But uh, yeah, he, he said he sent a humdinger down to down to Baltimore, which is obviously where Johns Hopkins is based. So, um, unfortunately, he did that for me twice. That's a that's a long story, but uh, yeah. He wrote me a very positive letter of recommendation, and um, on top of that, I had to get my transcript from from my undergraduate institution and and send that down as well, um, and that wasn't that wasn't any problem either. So, um, yeah, I guess those are all the things that were pretty normal, uh, and then obviously it came down to writing a couple essays, uh, the first of which I'll touch on right now. So. Uh, the essays, I think, especially when you hear a lot about these uh, top-tier universities that have ridiculously low uh, acceptance rates, ridiculously low... Um, uh, yeah, I guess acceptance rates is, is exactly what, <laughs> is what, is what it is. Um, but in these cases, you hear about these, some of these students where either they come out and they had perfect grades... Or either that, or they come from ridiculous amounts of wealth, or they wrote just like the most killer essays. And personally, I don't fall into any of those categories. It's really a, really just kind of a, a combination of, of where, where I am, where I was, and where I'm going. Um, that really got me into the position that I, was, I, I will be able to go to Johns Hopkins for my graduate school degree. Um, but I, I just wanted to put it into perspective that you really don't need to write a stellar, fantastic, out-of-this-world essay. It's really not, uh, not, not to say that it's not make or break, but it's not, uh, you, you don't need to be the next F. Scott Fitzgerald or, or Hemingway or anything along those lines to, to make it into your dream school or where, wherever you want to go. Uh, just... I think what I what I focused on and what worked for me was just focusing on getting my message across in the required amount of words um, and just making it so that the person who does eventually read these essays, if they do read these essays, I'm pretty sure they do. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but um, the person who reads your essay, um, they can good, get a good idea of what you're trying to convey to them, right? It's most important to to show that you're an effective effective communicator than it is to show them at least for at least one of those essays, right? So make sure that you're an effective communicator first before you, you focus on getting uh, across all these fantastic points about how you're, um, uh, like how you, how you, how you're different, all these amazing opportunities you've taken advantage of or so on and so forth. But yeah, I guess uh, I'll, I'll start by going off um, and reviewing what my first essay was about. Uh, and admit, <laughs> admittedly, I thought it'd be, uh, I thought I would do a much better job of remembering what I wrote about because I, I didn't write these too long ago, but less than, less than two months ago, <laughs> I wrote these and I, uh, 
a very very big uh recollection recollection rec rec recollection what recollection that's <laughs> sorry guys uh recollection of what i wrote about uh but here he goes so the the first the question of i guess i wrote two essays and then one third just clarifying information um it for my my special condition with my application so I'll, I'll touch on all of them but my first essay the question was uh, grounded in the johns hopkins legacy of excellence and research we aren't limited by tradition we're inspired by it at johns hopkins carey school of business we shape business leaders who seize opportunity inspire change and create lasting value how is your future industry evolving and in what ways do you hope to inspire change and create lasting value Right, so obviously the first part of that, the the first part of that question, the first couple sentences, three sentences or so. It's about setting up the 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 values of Johns Hopkins, and then the second part of that question, the actual question part, um, it it's really asking you to match, what you do at work to how. How you how you, how that ties into how that relates to Johns Hopkins values. And then how how you're gonna use the the current position that you're in with what you can gain from Johns Hopkins to make a difference in the world. So, in other words, if they let you into Johns Hopkins, what are you gonna do afterwards? Right, like, are you gonna be the person that that takes advantage of their degree, grabs a bull by their horns, and can really benefit the people around them, um, whether it's in the same industry or in a different industry. So let's see what I wrote about. Um, so I spoke about uh, the industry that I'm involved in. Uh, I think it's important to recognize that um, you're not really sure who reads these essays, so you got to make it very, very clear um, who you are as a person um, and don't assume that almost that they have no other reference to uh, the, the rest of your application. So, uh, I started off by talking about the life and life sciences industry. I'm sorry. Uh, life sciences industry as a, as a whole. Um, some of the things that I think are fascinating about it, um, or even just kind of fluffed up fascination by it, right? So the, the new technology, um, the integration of medicine and software, um, and then the people like, people who I guess the the impact that it has on on human life um, and the ability to to scale rapidly in these companies um, and then also the wide variability in, in the size of some of these companies from very very small companies that are running entirely off of debt to uh, some of the some of the largest companies out there uh, example uh, J&J right the they all encompass life sciences companies so um, yeah, so, so I guess that's what I'd say. Just th- those are things that fascinate me. Like I said, I, I focus on the life sciences industry. That's that's the industry that I work in right now, um, and I made that very clear in my first my first paragraph. After that, I <laughs> my my next essay, my next paragraphs. Okay, so this is a five paragraph essay. My next paragraphs um, literally start with the. I guess the title that I'm, like a short subtitle 
about what that paragraph is going to be about, what those next four or five sentences are going to be about, uh, based on the value set forth in that, that first part of that question. So to review what the first part of that question says, it says, grounded in the Johns Hopkins legacy of excellence in research, we aren't limited by tradition. We, ins- we, we, I'm sorry, we're inspired by it. At Johns Hopkins Carey School of Business, we shape business leaders who, one, seize opportunity, two, inspire change, and three, create lasting value. So in the next two, two paragraph two, three, and four, I start off by putting <laughs> seizing opportunity, colon, and then I go into my, my essay. Number two, inspire change, colon, the rest of the essay. And then the last part, creating lasting value. Then going into the last part. It looks like I forgot a, a capitalization, but didn't didn't look like it penalized me too bad. But uh wow, that's gonna bother me, so I'm gonna fix it. That's <laughs> ridiculous, but whatever. Um so yeah, focusing back on paragraph two, seizing opportunity. Um I addressed the shortcomings in my in my uh application. Essentially the shortcoming is that I only had one year of work experience. Uh one and a half years of work experience, I guess, um, 15 months of work experience, but only three months of those in, in the life sciences field. So how did I overcome this realistically? Um, I started by, uh, by, I guess some of the background that I had, I graduated from Stevens 2019. I, I guess August of 2019, I went to work at another consulting company doing a lot of like tech, tech internal audits. Um, wasn't glamorous work at all uh, and then I guess right at one year almost to the day I left that company and joined another company and um, I've been doing life sciences consulting since so I, I, I my, the rest of my application uh, shows that shows that I don't have this built-up resume of 10 years in the field and um like all, all doing really, really fantastic, great work. Uh, realistically, my experience is incredibly, incredibly limited. Um, and I think by showing my showing that I understand that and that um, if I don't get in this time around, it's it'd be upsetting, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like I, I know that I have a very long road in front of me, um, but at the same time, I would be ecstatic if I was able to go to Johns Hopkins. And, I, and I, that comes across in my uh, in my essay. And I said. Um, obviously I don't have the, I don't have the same as illustrious a resume, but I've done a whole bunch of research on Johns Hopkins. Um, and I know that I can contribute in the classroom, um, which, um, not only contribute in the classroom, I can contribute at the same rate or even a better rate than, uh, people who do have a lot of this experience. Um, I introduce a, a brand new perspective that you probably don't get when everyone in there graduated undergrad six plus years ago. Um, and, and then I went on to discuss the admissions counselor that I spoke to, um, which if they have any questions, they can, they can then um, loop her in. Um, and then I went on to quote Wayne Gretzky in a little bit of a cliche, but essentially saying that, look, I, I understand that I'm not getting it. Or I might not get it. I understand that I might not not get it. Um, I'm not sure what the application, the acceptance rate for my uh, de- my uh, 
program is, but I assume it's it's definitely higher than the undergrad rate. But if you type in Johns Hopkins acceptance rate, it's something ridiculously low. Like, well, honestly, anything under 20% is, is really low. I'm pretty sure Johns Hopkins is sitting in the, the 10 to 12% range, but that's a lot of kids, right? Realistically, tons and tons of really highly esteemed, uh, I guess, high school high schoolers apply to this school and to think that um, of these kids who are getting 1400s or above on their SATs, that a ridiculously low amount of, uh, right, nine, nine out of 10 of these kids Right, nine out of ten of the really the smart some of the smartest kids in in the country are getting rejected. So um, that that's that's the approach that I had. I said uh, the Wayne Gretzky quote: "You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take." Um, and and I admit that like I know it's a a, a cliche. And I I made a little bit of a joke saying that um, I inserted a quote that's commonplace for a middle school gymnasium poster, but that it's it's essential into understanding. Uh, why I'm applying, uh, why I'm applying to this school. So that's why I incorporated it. Um, I, and I went on to say that, like, I know what I'm capable of. I know the quality of my the my professional work, and I understand what my goals are for the future. So, um, and that's how Johns Hopkins fits into it. Um, the next the next paragraph that I, uh, the inspire change paragraph. And like I said, I, it literally says inspire change colon, and then goes into the rest of it. Um, so I, I, I talked about how I want, I plan to use my current background, which my background in undergrad was finance and information systems, right? So I took economics and I did very well in economics, um, more specifically macroeconomics. So identifying those trends, those trends, um, using that background in technology, using the current work that I'm doing in the health solutions field, um, and, and combining the two, combining the two, because as we go further, uh, that's where the collision of technology in all of the other industries, whether it's um, energy or or farming or um, finance or, I mean, pick, pick them, right? Healthcare, uh, they're, they're all going to have an increased reliance on technology. And if you don't think so, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself, right? You, even at the local shop right here, you're doing your own self-checkout. Guess what? They don't, that, that's the infusion of technology and that's a very preliminary rounds, but that's what it is. Um, but as medicine gets more infused with technology, that's where I really expect to have the most impact in, in the future. So, um, what, so one of the things that I talked about was just uh, mediating acquisitions, um, which is something that happens pretty frequently in high tech sectors, um, and pretty frequently in the, in the medical field as well. Uh, a lot, very, very often you'll any, any time where there's high, high levels of entrepreneurship, you'll find that there's also very high levels of, of acquisitions. Um, and, and one of the things that's not specific, but definitely very prevalent in the medical field is for some of these guys to start a medical device company in their basement, uh, because they're engineers and they know how, but uh, they might lack the the business or uh, IQ when it comes to marketing this product, growing this product, um, and really creating this this business that's going to be essentially the next J and J or or something along those lines, right? The, it's going to be it's it's destined for a small small company um, forever. Um, well, it's, I'll tell you, it's not uncommon for a lot of these larger companies to come in and throw big piles of cash at these these basement 
basement entrepreneurs and um, everyone to walk away happy, right? This this large company is able to walk, uh, develop their product report portfolio further. Uh, these entre- underground entrepreneurs are able to, um, to like take a big payday and uh, maybe move on to the next thing or, or do whatever the heck do whatever do whatever the heck they want with their big stack of cash. Um, and like I said, there, there's tons of that. So that's that was a, a intersection that I could really see myself um benefiting benefiting the industry in the future and I, and I spoke to that as well um i think uh yeah that that i guess that's what that paragraph was about that's that a second body paragraph the third paragraph overall uh moving on to the next paragraph creating lasting value this is where i had my typing <laughs> my typo it says creating uh capital lasting uh, lowercase l value capital v um, not sure I missed that in the proofread, but um, I I would also want to say that I did my own proof proofread. I didn't rely on anybody else. I did uh, I used like the di- dictation in the dictation tool in um, Microsoft Word, and I just had it read back to me. Um, it, it read read back my essay in uh, aloud in a computer voice, but essentially was able to pick me up, pick up um, any weird wording that I had. Um, but obviously, I missed a typo or two. Um, not a big, not a big deal. Obviously, I got it. So, whatever. Um, creating lasting value. Third body paragraph. Fourth paragraph overall. Um, I spoke about more specifically the company that I work for and how we're trying to build up the current team that I'm on. Um, this involves uh, strategic new hires. This involves um, expanding into new markets, broadening our base, um, and really having a large impact in the number of companies that we interact with. Um, recognize the importance of our work. So the, the, the most important part about medicine is that you save lives. Um, you stop diseases and, uh, right. You just like, and the last part of that is you continuously move forward and essentially (laughs) I made a, an allusion to, uh, taking like recent history or recognizing that recent history, um, mimics, uh, what, like the science, science fiction of 20 or 30 years ago. Um, so for for instance for instance example like we're, we're all wearing masks. If you asked us back in 2000 year 2000 um or 1995 hey do you think it's likely that we'll have this incredibly infectious disease and everyone will mask? They say absolutely not. That's science fiction. Uh, but obviously this is the reality that we're living in today. Um yeah, so I guess that, that's an example of I guess, making it very relatable in the in the pictures that you're trying to trying to show um right make it so when you when you are conveying that information to the person who's reading it they can they can understand that like the references that you're making um or at least their imagination can can point them in the general direction um I mentioned our our emphasis on environmental sustainability, which admittedly is a little bit lacking. That's I guess that would be a little bit more fluff. But um, if you, regardless of what where you fall on the political aisle or um, what your thoughts on our thoughts thoughts are on um, 
climate change, environmental sustainability is, is here to stay when it comes to large companies. Uh, any company that is a billion-dollar company that isn't focused on uh, the impact that they're having on the planet is is getting left behind. Not not in my opinion, but by the opinion of the, the, the shareholders. So um, if you're holding on to your, your big... <laughs> your big smoke factories right and you put up these big huge uh bill of the smoke not get out of town like you're not <laughs> that's not what the future is going to look like it's going to look it's going to look like it, there's a very conscious effort in environmental sustainability so i mentioned about that i mentioned that um i mentioned about the drinking water project that we did um relating to pfas carcinogens um and then the impact that it has on the future from from there on, which is exactly exactly what they want to hear about. Um, and then I go into my closing remarks after that. Um, any, honestly, anything that starts with ultimately or, or in summary and in conclusion or summarily, whatever you want to say, uh, make it very clear that you're ending your 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 uh, your essay, your 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 work, your whatever whatever you want to call it. But it's very very clear. Um, and maybe maybe not the best thing to do in your school essays, but when you have only 500 words or less to convey convey like the, the thoughts that you're trying to get across, um, make it very, very easy to follow. And if that involves using cliches or subtitles or basic basic transition words so that everyone can understand what you're what you wrote and newsflash like the people who are reading these essays aren't necessarily the most um highly intelligent and as nothing against uh the team that at johns hopkins or the team that wherever you want to go princeton harvard yale but it's just the fact is that some of these people are probably just people who went to uh the local school they're they're essentially hr workers and they're reading your essay and you can't constantly mangle their brain with just the most complex vocabulary just to show that you can you can use it um you have to make it very easy to follow because they're going to read a whole bunch of these make it so that they can understand what you're trying to say um but yeah that's what i have so ultimately uh my education at stevens plus the professional experience that i have acquired from my my previous job and my current job um I, i bring this unique perspective to the table i understand that um or i feel that i'm a qualified candidate on paper um, and I know that I didn't go to the the same number of years in the field as a lot of my other classmates might have, uh, but I'm I know that I can contribute and network and uh, ultimately help the university in a way that um, is bigger than myself. And that's that's how I ended up. That's how I ended the first essay. Um, pretty much a summary of what I had here. Um, but then yeah, that's I came out to five hundred words, just about. Um, Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less. You had to insert the the question at the top. So, I mean, pretty much it hits the length, right? That's super important. It gets the basic, basic uh, points across. And then, I mean, it, it's not it's not the most glamorous piece of writing out there, but it it conveys the conveys what I'm trying to say and what they're trying to hear. Um, so that's what I'd say. And you'll see that in my next essay, essay two. Um, this part actually had three questions that you could pick from um i don't know what the the other two ones but i picked the third um and i put three paren and then the question in there so the person who's reading it knows exactly what i'm answering or yeah knows exactly what i'm answering they don't have any confusion when it comes to oh like 
is this guy answering question one, two, or three, or did he hit all the questions? And you definitely want to also make sure that you hit every single part of the question. So I'll read this third question. Uh, it says at Johns Hopkins or this, this the sec second essay question, which was question option three out of the out of the three. It says at Johns Hopkins University, we have a common goal of improving the lives of others. Johns Hopkins graduate, graduates work to improve society in different ways from taking on world's biggest challenges to transforming their local community, communities. Describe one way in which you have already contributed to one of your communities. In print, family, school, neighborhood, workplace, and print beyond the expected. All right, so I think this is uh, an opportunity just to show that you've done You've done you. You've contributed. Oh, obviously, you contribute to the community, but you've you've done something that's a little bit more impactful than. Um, uh, I guess something that doesn't directly benefit you is what I would say. Uh, I'd say something that you're, you're helping others more than you're helping yourself. So, um, I guess background uh, worked with Big Brothers Big Sisters with this young guy, um, young guy named Kennard. Um, and he was in like second grade or something along those lines. He was like eight years old, um, really interested in football, came from a pretty broken home, um, but really good kid, just like needed a little bit of guidance and, uh, helped him, help him socially. Um, and that's what I was there. I worked with big brothers, big sisters for a short period of time, um, helping him do that when, um, when, when I had, when I had, uh, enough time. So, uh, that's the background. Uh, first let's see what I wrote. Um, so I started off, this is interesting, I started off by talking about the American dream, um, achieve, how it's achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, and hard work, um, and not by chance. Um, so I said, regardless of your political preference, as you, <laughs> I think it's very important to, to kind of emphasize that you are not putting across your, your political thoughts. Um, personally, I'm conservative, but a large portion of academia is very, very liberal. And uh, I, I want to make it very, very clear that and this is not going to be a, this is not going to be an essay about politics, but um, you, you kind of weave weave your your viewpoints in because they they're important to who you are as a as a person and as a candidate. But um, you don't want to make it the the focus of this essay. So um, I said, regardless of your political preference, like there there's disparity and advantage in this country. Like they like whether you're, it, I mean I think personally very very not very little, but I think the most important advantages um, that people have is if they come from a, a single family or a, a multi-income household, um, if their parents are together, um, if they have, uh, if they did well in the preliminary years um, leading up to their current year in school, um, if they're, I, I don't know, whatever, athletic or socially outgoing or whatever the case is, right? So some of it, like your habits can affect, uh, but some of it is like, you can't change. Like you can't change if you're, um, if maybe you have a parent that passes away right now, you're a single income or income, single income family. Like that has huge, huge repercussion, um, in how you develop. And those are just the facts, but I'm not saying that you're not going to be successful, but the case is that, um, it, it is considered advantage if, if your parents are together and that, that obviously has nothing to do with, uh, race, sex or age. So, uh, that's what I mean by there's a disparity and advantage, but um, that doesn't mean that youth in lower income neighborhoods 
can't be just as successful as their peers in wealthier neighborhoods. So that's saying that just because you went to, uh, you grew up in whatever, whatever zip code, right? The, the wealthy zip code, um, and the, the township two two towns over, right. Who are significantly, um, by comparison underfunded. It doesn't mean that the person in the, in the, the poorer neighborhood can't both go to can't go to harvard at the same time as the person from the wealthier neighborhood and go on to start a tech company or whatever yeah i get it it's it's harder that's what the that's what advantage is but it's not saying that you can't be just as successful right because i believe that you can so anyway um i go on to say i set that set the tone with that saying american dream sacrifice risk take hard work uh disregard politics advantage is there um for some people it's not there for others um and Anyone can be just as just as successful as anyone else, regardless of the neighborhood they grew up in. So, in my senior year at Stevens, uh, started grad uh, started volunteering with Big Brothers Big Sisters, nonprofit organization, mentorship role, um, underprivileged youth, etc. Um, through this office, I was paired with a young young boy named Gennard. Um, discussed very very brief briefly high level. Um, to a point where it's, it's not really disclosing any information. It's not specific to him. Um, father was in prison. He lived with his grandmother. His mom didn't earn enough to support him both. Um, and as a result, like, realistically, grew up in not a nice part. Like, graffiti on, on, the, on the houses around his, on, around his. Everyone had a fence in the yard. Uh, not saying that fences are bad, but, right, like, why, why, is, why you have, why, I guess, why does every single house have a fence? Not necessary. Um in a lot of communities, but, um, right, I guess urban decay around, um, garbage on the streets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it really kind of, just go on to discuss my approach, um, how he can improve, constantly improve the situation he is, he's in, even though he's only eight years old, right? So you don't need to associate with, or I guess I, I, I'll get there, but, um, Discuss my favorite shoot, my, my favorite show. Another quote: um, How do you handle a situation when there's a gun to your head? Um, this was hard respected to Mike, um, but how do you handle a situation when there's a gun to head? You take the gun, or you pull out a bigger one, or you call their bluff, or you call their bluff, or you do any one of hundred and forty six other things, right? So, even when it looks like you got your back up against the wall, there's nowhere to run. Uh, there's always something else you can do, right? You can take advantage of it um, some other way, right? Like. Like focus on yourself and then look for the best in, in every situation and then go chase it down. Like don't let anyone like stand in your way. So I just, I think that's what this quote really exemplifies. So that's why I included it. So, um, uh, oh yeah. And then I guess I said, this is what I would, <laughs> This is what I would uh, I would I would share these ideas with Kennard so he doesn't feel like he's trapped in a, an essentially a dead end community. Uh, we set goals that were incredibly incredibly simple because he's eight years old. Like, look, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, you want to be a police officer? Great. Um, you know what you can't do when you're if you're gonna be a police officer, um, get into fights. You can't be cursing out loud all the t- all over the place. You can't be littering in the streets, right? Um, like this is what we expect from our police officers, right? Um, so like, if you want, if you want this as a goal, like let's take steps to act so, so that when, when it comes time that we're 20 years old, um, we're 25 years old, we, we're in that position to, to take advantage of those, um, of, of the goals that 
we set out. So, and I think like realistically, if you have an end goal, it that, that's when you're gonna find the most success. So, uh, it, it's almost like if you were to drive from here from from New York City to to Los Angeles, right, and you had a map, you, there's a good chance that yeah, it, it might be hard, but you'd get there. You'd get there. Um, if you didn't have a map, I'm sure that you could eventually get there. It would probably take four times as long. But like I said, you'd get there eventually. Um, so, I mean, just take a map. Just take a map. It's <laughs> it's that much easier. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's the important. That, I guess that's the base base analogy of why you need goals in your life. But. Uh, I taught him that or I was really wanted to focus on um, that doing the doing the right thing is not always the easy thing, um, and then also like finding a positive role model for him. Fortunately enough for him, his uncle was is also a police officer, um, and helping him, I guess, get linked up with that and focus on um, how he can emulate his heroes. Um, and but also on top of that. Um, Right, so obviously emulating your heroes is great, but if you can't relate to them at all, it just looks like they're on. It's like shoots and ladders. Like you're on square, you're on square five, but they're on square ninety five, and you just see like they're at the top of the board, and you're all the way at the bottom. And you, you don't understand um, the different, like how how you get there, the different routes that you you, you take to get from square ninety five to square ninety or square five to square ninety five. Um, so it's important that you can see see yourself in in the role models that you have, especially if you at such a young age like Kennard. Um, and I told him that I, t- I wrote in my essay about how um, those are those are something I needed to consider when I was finding a role model for Kennard. And then went on to provide an update uh, on Kennard, and that showed that. Uh, it's just like it shows. It shows exactly what they're looking for, right? Like you're, um, like you're showing how you've done something that's bigger than yourself, or that's outside of your your own immediate uh, benefit. Um, and, and I just wrote about it, and it wasn't super eloquent. It was incredibly simple, right? Like American dream, disparity and advantage, right? Senior year, uh, taking advantage of an opportunity to to give back to the community. Um, this is the office that I did it through. Um, here's Canard's current situation. Um, suit from uh, quote from suits. Um, setting goals. Um, finding a positive influence. Um, and a, a positive influence that you can relate to. And then currently, Canard is in fourth grade, doing much better in the classroom. Is runs around on the football field, loves football. Um, short, short little. Uh, interjection that says like yeah admittedly it can't take too much credit for that because he loves to practice on his own um uh and, it, and look i understand that we've come a long way but there's definitely mistakes that i made you no know, we we could have done more um but he's or it, it, you're kidding yourself if you're gonna ignore that he's made huge strides and uh he's gonna have lots of success in the future as a result of it so that's that's what my second essay is um uh, it looks like it's pretty much about the same amount of words, maybe like 10 or 20 words longer, but coming to right around that 500 range. Um, and I think I, a lot of these essays that I had written, they 
um, that they start longer and get, sh- and I, I take out, I take out and replace, take out and replace, take out and replace until uh, it reaches that 500 word mark. But I mean, 500 words, uh, it's about a page and a half. Like it's not a page and a half double sma- double spaced Arial size 12. Like it's not a crazy amount of space that you have to deal with, but uh, edit and edit and remove and then use the dictation tool, make sure it all makes sense and uh, that's that's how I wrote these essays. Um, and yeah, and I took my time with them too. I took my time with them too, because I mean they're kind of important. They're kind of important. Um, great. And then moving on to the last one, I <laughs> my my Johns Hopkins clarifying information. Now this is a supplemental essay that uh, I <laughs> um, I guess I'll go into my background. Or the the history of how I applied. Um, so I originally applied for the MBA program, the Master's Business Administration program, um, with very similar application, um, almost identical, but very very similar, um, and was fortunate enough to get in. So I was super excited about that, um, and just by looking at, it, I I figured, you know what, like. It's great that I got in for the MBA program, but a better program for me personally would be the Bachelor's of Science in Healthcare Management. Um, and the reason for that is because even though it's not as good of a not as good of a degree as the MBA program, but it's, well, I guess, not as uh, hard of a degree to, to get. But that's part of it, right? So it's a shorter program. It's costs less money as a result. It's um, less credit so you can see so like i said it's a shorter program you can do it in less time um so that's why I, I wanted to go to the program that's a little easier um i guess in that sense um but like i said i had already gotten into the mba program um and at first i wanted to just see if i could transfer my acceptance right like you couldn't undergrad like hey i don't want to major in this i, I want to major in this uh and, and option number two and so Johns Hopkins kind of tried to help me, but then it wasn't able to do very much. So they said that I had to apply again, whatever. I, <laughs> um, so I, I added this supplemental essay with a little bit of help from the admissions uh, committee that said, uh, well, essentially the question was, please provide any clarifying information uh, that you wish to share with the admissions committee regarding your academic record, personal history, or professional attributes. Um, and I had typed up something really, really quick before about how, um, about my transcript saying like, look, I understand this was only a couple of years ago, um, in my second semester at Stevens, something happened, like whatever grades weren't very good. But as you can see the last six semesters following that, uh, I did really well. And they were a whole great GPA point, uh, above what they were in that second semester, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oops, sorry. Um, but that disappeared, got deleted somehow, whatever. Um, so anyway, I, I go to answer that question. Uh, the, the clarifying information about academic record, personal history, or professional attributes. So I said, uh, I understand I don't have the same professional accolades as a lot of the other candidates. Um, that being said, I have no doubt that I can contribute inside and outside of the classroom, right? So in the classroom, answering questions, being, being a good teammate, working on the same projects, Outside of the classroom, networking, um, building my career, etc. Uh, 
I have limited work experience, but fortunate enough to work with some very respected and qualified individuals um, in the health solutions practice at the company that I work for. Um, in the future, I will be expected to manage projects, teams, and client relationships. Right. So this is this is the, the very clear and concise plan of what I'll be doing two or three years from now. Um, and I know that uh, this degree, the management degree, um, from Johns Hopkins, uh, I'll feel more confident in my ability to lead these teams uh, and grow the practice. And eventually, an intern, as you do with med- medical field, save lives. Um, now, that's not exactly what I wrote, but that's, that's the gist of it, right? Um, I said, after being accepted to this MBA, MBA program, look, I already got into Johns Hopkins, right, is what I'm saying. Uh, spoke, speaking to a few mentors who, said, who essentially told me that um, it's not really worth going to a school that's not ranked very, very highly uh, for MBA, is, is what I was told. And you know what? Like, fine, whatever. I agree with it. Um, so I went about trying to uh, course correct on the app, the the school I got into, right? So not saying, obviously, Johns Hopkins is a great school. That's why I'm going. Um, but also, you can't stack MBAs, right? You get one one MBA. Make, make sure it's from a school that you definitely wanted to go to. So those are some backgrounds of why I wanted to change it. Um, and I can definitely talk about that in a later episode if, if need be. But uh, I wanted to, I want to pursue an MS degree, a master of science degree in, instead. Um, and I know it's uncommon to be so mercurial to change my mind, um, with an admissions decision, uh, literally at the 11th hour, um, right after that first application deadline is gone and only the second one is left. But, uh, I know that in the long run that this is a better degree for me. Um, I'll be able to benefit, benefit the team and clients, uh, more immediately, um, practice the skills of the curriculum more effectively, and then um, combined with this education that I got from Stevens, um, yeah, I'd be just incredibly excited to participate or go to school with a lot of these high caliber individuals that uh, Johns Hopkins is known for. Um, and lastly, this is when I'm going to talk about my second semester undergraduate grades. Um, quick glance at the GPA semester looks like I <laughs> like. Looks like it just slept the entire time, um, which might have may or may not have been the case. But regardless, I was still learning. Second semester, eighteen years old, going on nineteen. Like, I didn't have it figured out. Um, change majors. Um, <laughs> took, yeah, dropped class. Um, what what else did I do? Like, um, like bit off more than I could chew with getting involved anyway yeah so uh, eventually like as i as i turned it around in the last parts of the, the semester i felt that um couple, coupled with the extracurriculars that extracurricular activities that i had my commitment to uh my my school and my grades um and the things that i was involved with and changed and are apparent in the, the later parts of of what i studied uh in the later part of my my transcript and even though they're not reflected in that second semester but yeah, so I guess those are the, the three summaries of my my essays, and um, yeah, thanks thanks for listening. If you have any questions, I can definitely answer answer some more of them. But as you, like I said, like these are not <laughs> these are not fantastic works of of literature. Like they're very very simple, uh, simple in the language that they use. Like management expected. Those are the those are the longest words that are in 
curriculum, right? I guess those are, that that's like the longest word um, in, in these essays, right? Foundational Institute, like technology, like these are, these are the simplest words. Everyone knows these words, right? You get the point across. Um, then it's not super long. This one's about 400, 400 words, like single space is less than a page, but realistically, you don't need to write these fantastic, amazing works in order to get to get into some of these schools. But, um, that's what I'd like to leave you with. Uh, thanks for listening to the afternoon podcast. Um, if you want to hear more about this, uh, about more about my path, uh, I would love to talk to it, but, uh, I think that's more than enough for now. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Thanks for listening guys. See ya.